0: The following presentation was recorded at the Newbury Buddhist Monastery, Victoria, Australia. Please visit our website at nbm.org.au. Yes, so good evening from Newbury Buddhist Monastery. We have COVID <laughs> striking again, so we are doing these things online. So all the people are joining us from their homes. So please find a comfortable spot somewhere where it's hopefully a bit quiet and you won't be disturbed where you can sit back and relax and join us for this guided meditation. But usually we gave a, a little bit of a introduction in the beginning here and uh, tonight I thought because we were talking about mudita about rejoicing uh, yesterday on Sunday that we can take this a little bit further now also and take it into a meditation so to reflect about beauty about belonging about all and transcendence so when we think of the word all i don't know what comes to your mind but uh, i've done a little bit of research (laughs) and apparently the the word means being in the presence of something vast that transcends our understanding of the world or also it's described as a feeling of reverential respect which is mixed with fear or with wonder so from this description here you can all already see that it kind of depends how we relate to the experience so if it's a positive way of relating then you are filled with wonder Um, respect is kind of close to also a little bit of fear but the fear is not really there because you feel like you're a part of what is happening you're kind of blending into the experience when it's real or as uh, I would like to speak about it tonight. But there is also this kind of side where you might feel uncomfortable. And when you look at some other words that are related with awe, like awesome. Awesome is like if something is extremely impressive or awe-inspiring. So it's it's good. But there is also the word that came to my mind when I thought about this, all full and apparently the archaic, the old meaning of that, is the same, like awe and awesome. But these days, it sometimes also gets used in a negative way. So, when something is awful, then it's very bad or very unpleasant and we feel very unwell or very troubled. So, let's be careful that we stay on the right side of um, awe. Awe is also said to imbue people with a different sense of themselves, one that is smaller, one that is more humble, more appreciative, and part of a greater whole. There's actually been quite a bit of research in the last 15 years I hear, on uh, this emotion if you want to call it or on this um, experience and it also leads to a reformulation of our sense of self so when we feel all we feel small but it's not the smallness of being separated or of or, or, or feeling uncomfortable it's uh, feeling small in a good way So awe is self-transcending. It pulls us out of our limiting beliefs and our patterns that define a self which is separate from others and which is struggling to be in control. When we're in awe, we are realizing that there is something which is more powerful than we can ever be like Mother Nature, for example. But we also feel if it's happening in an organic and in a good way, a greater sense of connectedness, a greater sense of belonging. So the normal sense of self drops away when we're truly in awe. Then we are delighting in beauty. We are feeling a sense of belonging. And we are deeply attuned to whatever the experience is. We are in the present. We are in harmony. We feel that we are a part of, even if it's just a tiny little one, a tiny little speck. We are a part of and not Apart from so we don't feel lonely. We don't feel left alone we can actually find solace in the embrace of this vastness of mystery basically and we are confronted by not knowing and not needing to know because we are simply reassured by this feeling of belonging. Unfortunately, as human beings, we often have this tendency of wanting to figure everything out. But a lot of things are basically defying that. And if we don't fight, then we can really experience all. And it's the same with this word beauty. So in the world out there, very often, what people are trying to achieve (laughs) is to run after these things. And they're trying to squeeze as much beauty out of appearance or of appearances. And they're trying to manipulate and to control this way and that way instead of just connecting to the natural wild beauty and that's something i really enjoy over here living in the forest living in nature just having the vastness of the night sky with the stars knowing that there is this huge universe out there that We are part of, but just such a small, humble being, a small, humble speck in all of this. But it doesn't devalue it. It actually makes us feel nice, makes us feel part of things. And I also recall when I was working with... uh, disabled people and with brain damaged children um, after i finished being a teacher and uh, before i started living in monasteries also actually it was part of my um, service because i didn't want to do um, military training so i had um, some other work that i could do instead and when i was working with those families and living with those people basically um, caring for them in their home which was, you know, a bigger home with many of them living together or um, accompanying them, especially on holidays. I was connecting with them, but I was also, because I always had kind of this affinity to, to look at things, see things and and take some pictures. So I would take pictures of those those beautiful beings. And I really enjoyed that to just... there be in awe and it was pretty obvious that a lot of their bodies um, were deformed they weren't fitting the norms of what people would call beautiful but they had this radiance this radiant beauty which was shining from within this wild beauty that I referred to before. So I don't know if you have some experiences like that, from being in nature, from just looking up into the sky and seeing all the clouds and just realizing that, yeah, we don't have any control over it, that we can't figure it out, but that we don't actually need to. It's okay. We can just be in harmony with whatever is out there and i thought it might be nice to try and use the same approach this being in all being open seeing beauty feeling a sense of belonging if we could not just have that when we are walking out in nature when we are seeing the beauty shining through in another in another being it could be a a pet we have as well which is i am just thinking of one one of our people at the bsv they have a have an old dog and you know the body is worn out and the body is not working that well anymore but i'm sure they really can feel the 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 beauty and the aliveness of that being um kind of shining through I, i was told you know the the dog can't go up up and down the stairs anymore and they have to and carry carry the dog like a suitcase. <laughs> they have this thing to lift them up or also to help the dog getting up. But um, this natural, wonderful beauty is still there. And especially with sickness and these kind of things with age, when they start to happen with disability, uh, with not, you know, your health failing you, you start to realize that we don't really have so much control. Over our bodies, over our minds, actually, as well. So, let's see if we can make sure that our body and our mind is filled with awe, if we look at it in the right way, with reverential respect and with wonder, so that we can feel at peace. That we can feel at home in the body and the mind with the body and the mind and then maybe even having an experience where the boundaries start to disappear okay so that's a little bit of an introduction for tonight to um, nudge you in the direction that i would like to be using in the meditation let's see how we go so please if you haven't already make sure that your body is comfortable as comfortable as it can be on a chair or on a mat or i don't know maybe or even meditating lying down because your body might have some problems and uh, just make sure that it can be relaxed. But hopefully we can also bring some wakefulness now and some interest with the way we are approaching this meditation together. And once you've done that, then I invite you to gently close your eyes Let them shut. And to feel your body. And as you're feeling it without controlling it without, you know, thinking about it. Seeing how it's doing. Seeing if there is any way that you can make it even more comfortable. We already tried before, but now with closed eyes, with a bit more time, bit more settling and arriving, we are hopefully becoming aware of the body in a different way. So that we can identify where there might still be some holding, some tension, some dis-ease, so that we can go there with our minds, be there in a kind way, and let those parts of the body become smooth and relaxed. Maybe you just want to do a quick scan through your body from the top of your head, moving down all the way to your toes. And letting letting it unwind. Moving down, down and relaxing as you go. Giving your body the permission to just be. Giving it the space and the rest it deserves. and allowing your breath to just become natural, become smooth, become unrestricted. And If that is working, you might feel a bit of heaviness, a pleasant heaviness from your muscles just hanging loose. Just chilling. And then let's bring up a memory. Maybe you've already touched a memory of awe while I was doing the the (laughs) the inspiration, yes, the introduction. If not, just scan your memory. Can you find a time where you were in awe? in the presence of another being, maybe a child, maybe a pet, maybe someone you really respect, or out in nature, under the stars, out in the elements, swimming in the water, lying on the beach, Walking in the woods, gazing at the clouds. We have this beautiful clouds here that come whizzing past. And there is a wave pattern in them as they start to dissolve and evaporate very often. I can see that straight out of my window. and really get into this memory. Let yourself be touched by the beauty, by the sense of belonging. And also invite the senses to be part of this, if it was cold or warm or windy. Fill in the details. And bring the experience, the feeling of the experience, into the present. Breathing in, drinking the beauty letting go into being small, humbly belonging, being in harmony, being at home with the vast surroundings. Mm, Beautiful. And let's apply this way of looking, this way of perceiving, of feeling, of being to our bodies. The body is like a universe, like the seasons, like a being, like the clouds. It's vast and it's mysterious. We've learned a lot, but we can't figure it out entirely it has its own wisdom its own beauty and let us reflect that our body does not belong to us it's something we have inherited we have inherited it from our from our parents And it does not belong to you, it belongs to nature, and so do you. See if you can become a part of your body, not apart from it. Blending into it. Disappearing into it. Getting lost it in a good way and have the natural beauty the natural wisdom shine forth And let us apply the same way of being, of relating to our thoughts, to our emotions, to our habitual reactions. And let us consider, reflect, and let it really sink in that our thoughts, our emotions, and our reactions don't belong to us. They are conditioned. They grow out of the past. They come from our upbringing. They come from the culture we live in. They are shaped by the people and by the ideas we associate with. You are not your thoughts, your emotions, your reactions. They don't belong to you. They belong to nature. They belong to Dhamma to the way things are. They grow out of this vast field of causes and conditions. Let's not grab them. Let's not hold on to them. Let's not identify with them. And let's realize that when we trust this mind, that the wholesome, that the good, that the beautiful has been conditioned into it. That it also has its innate wisdom. That it can find its own way to harmony, to being at peace, to being at home. To belong. To be open, to be in awe. To be still. And as these things are fading into the background, becoming this humble, beautiful speck, this blip in this vast, smooth, deep, still ocean. And if the breath didn't arise for you already, you can gently invite it. You can gently settle on it. Also experience that the breath is vast and mysterious as well. And that the breath is breathtaking. Gorgeous, beautiful. Powerful. And like the other things, wise. And also reflecting here, your breath does not belong to you. The breath belongs to nature. And as we let ourselves drop deeper and deeper into the breath. Allow us to breathe in beauty. To become an expression of beauty. Simply be beauty. And as we breathe out, Let us breathe out and let go into a deep sense of belonging. Of being a part of. This vastness, this mystery. we call life. Let us fade into it. Disappear into it. Into this mystery of not knowing. not needing to know, and drinking, rejoicing, and then feeling peace, harmony, Being home, being peace, being still. Breathing in beauty. Being an expression of beauty. Breathing out and letting go into belonging. And as we are approaching the other end of the meditation, now is the time to reflect again. To first get a feeling of what has changed. in our body, in our minds. Were there more thoughts, were there less thoughts? Was there tension, was there relaxation and ease? Could we stay with the breath, with peace, with beauty, with joy? And were we able to re-relax if we lost it? Getting lost in the right thing. Not being distracted, but disappear, fade into, and getting lost in peace, in beauty, in stillness. And then let us remember that our bodies, our thoughts, emotions, and reactions, are vast. That they go according to causes and conditions that they don't belong to us. that they belong to nature. Everything, including what we think we are, belongs to nature. I'll be ringing the gong three times. So you can make your way out of meditation, but please take your time. Gently, slowly. So, welcome on the other end. I hope you enjoyed the meditation. I hope you could um, generate, you could... uh, Allow yourself to have this beautiful emotion. I keep calling it an emotion. I don't know what else I should call it. This way of relating, of being in awe. Just basically... (laughs) having your mouth open, and (sighs) breathing in, being inspired by what is out there. Very often, we actually miss so many things. When we were talking about mudita and rejoicing, there is so many opportunities to rejoice to be in awe to see beauty so let us take those opportunities make the most out of those opportunities okay now is usually the time for questions. Any questions tonight, Langdon?
1: Thank you very much, Arjan. Uh, that was a very beautiful and inspiring. It was actually an inspiring introduction. It was good that you used there. Got to the both, use both words to describe it. Mm. Um, there is one uh, question at this point there is also a comment about activating uh, this is for the technical team here activating the automatic video subtitles on YouTube thank you for that for that comment and feedback and we'll look into doing that I wasn't aware that we didn't have that activated so we'll certainly see what we can do there (laughs)
0: <laughs> but that is actually funny. It's like <laughs> sometimes Google gets it completely wrong yes. when you're calling someone. And um, we got this uh, message a couple of years ago at the monastery. Um, the father of one of the monks was calling his son at the monastery. And um, he was, I guess, saying on the phone, um, Bodhinyana Monastery. and it was converted into burning down monastery (laughs) because uh yeah they didn't know so that he got that text message and he's like what (laughs) i hope um google can pick pick these things up in the right way but i i do say to other people as well uh, we had that when i guide the meditation my voice naturally becomes more quiet and we had someone during the relax and grow retreat that we did recently over the Christmas um, weekend, and uh, the person couldn't hear it properly. And I said, um, "Don't don't worry, just uh, follow along. Just you know, follow along the energy, and uh, you don't need to hear it hundred percent. And also, there is a part within us which does hear more." than we think we do. Very often, the concepts that we have, trying to understand, kind of stands in the way of just being open and just listening and receiving. Because in the end, it's it's really an energy that is being transmitted. And I often think of it, I don't know if I've mentioned this in the past, but it's kind of a simile that has stuck with me for a long time words are like vessels like ships and those ships they have a cargo and the cargo is the important thing it's not the ship which is important so yeah as long as that can carry across and i'm i'm sure it it does in some way okay and we do have a question as well is that right
1: Yes, thank you, Ajahn. Yes, I I do recall listening to some of Ajahn Brahm's talks with the automatic subtitles turned on, and of course it makes an awful mess of any Pali term, uh, (laughs) sometimes quite hilarious effect. Yes. But uh, we'll go to the question uh, which um, appeared actually right at the start of tonight's session. What is the purpose of practicing mindfulness by Buddhist monks and lay people? thank you yes so
0: one of those things that um, has been pointed out many times mindfulness is one of those kind of words that is not very descriptive by itself so you know mind okay what what is even the mind okay you know the thinking process the perceiving and all these kind of things and then being full of that or what does that actually mean so It was kind of chosen um, also to describe meditation. And uh, my brother is a neuroscientist uh, in uh, the UK now. There is another um, scientist over here in, in Melbourne, actually, who who is investigating mindfulness and meditation. And he also says there is a big hype about all these kind of things and you can call anything mindfulness these days so what what are we actually trying to to do or to be when we talk about mindfulness in terms of the buddhist way of thinking about it the word used there is sati and it basically means bearing something in mind remembering something as well being present with something really kind of being there and i quite like to think about this way of how i describe it with meditation as well that there is a settling that happens with the mind so if mindfulness is working the right way So there is also a certain wisdom and discrimination in there. So we have to know what is wholesome and what is unwholesome, what is helpful, what is unhelpful. And if we bring that into the picture, then mindfulness, sati, starts to arise when those causes and conditions are in place. And another cause and condition is being a virtuous person, being A good person being a beautiful person and that will automatically lead to to joy to openness to not having to kind of hide things away or um, push things away Um, there is a contentment that comes with it so we don't have to distract ourselves we have a happiness and joy that a presence that is there and then that allows us to connect to the things that are happening outside of us and to basically be with them but the best way of realizing if you are actually being mindful is not to kind of constantly being checking and thinking I have to be mindful in meditation and I have to be mindful while I'm walking. (laughs) It's something which arises naturally. So say you are walking, say you are doing walking meditation, the more force you're bringing into this, the more trying and struggling you're bringing into this, the more kind of tensing and just breathing out instead of breathing in and being there and being inspired, as as, as, as we spoke about, the, the more you actually slip out of this beautiful state. So you just walk. The body knows how to walk. And if you don't interfere, then the mind will... Settle and it will arrive And it will be there and it will be feeling What is happening? not thinking about what is happening? It will start to become bright It will start to become light So we could say we practice all of this for the purpose of purification and mindfulness is just one of the steps that occurs one of the landmarks that appears on this beautiful path to being more and more pure to being more and more present to being more and more awake and um yeah i I wouldn't really say that there is a difference in the end between a monk practicing this and a lay person practicing this. Um, of course, for a monastic, there is more renunciation, but um, there is lay people who live a very, very simple life and who have very, very pure and happy minds. Yeah, so I hope that um, can address um, that question.
1: Thank you very much, Ajahn. That was a very comprehensive answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have any more questions at this point. Great, great. So thank you again, Ajahn. I well, just wondered, where actually, you did invite us to uh, remember a time we felt awe in the presence of nature. Yes. Or uh, an, an animal or a person. And okay. since we are sharing this session together, I might, you know, I hope you don't mind if I invite people who are still listening um, to maybe share what oh, their memory was, was it a particular place or an experience they had, if they would like to share that in in the live chat just for, to inspire other people with, with what we've each experienced. I know for myself, uh, the first thing that came to mind was looking up at a mountain and mm. um, and just that feeling of being in awe at the great size of it, but just the stillness of looking up at the very still mountain as well. That was a memory that, that uh, certainly helped me um, have that feeling, if you like. So if anyone would like to share what their particular thing was um, in the chat, they w- would be welcome. While I've been saying that, as I thought might happen, we've had another question or two. Mm. Um, so if you have more time, Ajahn,
0: yeah yeah I'm, but let me just because you kind of ventured into this and it's it's really on the topic so um i think that's nice if there is people um, wishing uh, or willing to to share because very often when someone does share then it brings up a memory it brings up something in another person as well or it brings up an idea it conditions uh, the person to kind of shift so because i was thinking of uh, about this for the last couple of days so there's many many kind of things that that came up but one thing that i remembered was actually quite a while ago where um i was staying at uh, the monastery in england uh, at Amarwati, and uh, i was going for extended walks there and i just recall for some reason i can't really remember what it was but um i just felt a bit down for some reason i just didn't feel so you know cheered up or or whatever and um i walked out into a field and i looked up into the sky and over there the same way as we have it here you know in the city it's sometimes a bit difficult to see the sky unless you you know you go to the beach or you go somewhere where there's a lake and where there's not that many houses and just like looking up into the sky and seeing the Vastness of it, and seeing the, the clouds um, move past, just somehow opened up to this, uh, you know, feeling that I was trying to describe of of belonging, or of um, a certain humbleness as well. That you know what is going on in your being, what's going on in your mind. Um, doesn't have the same gravitas anymore, doesn't have the same grasp, doesn't have the same importance. And just those clouds moving past, actually quite fast. And this big, vast sky um, opening up. Yeah, that's uh, one of the things that came to mind. When I'm (laughs) guiding a meditation, very often I kind of try to Bring up a few ideas for the people who are um, following. So I don't have that much time to actually generate it in my in my own mind. Hmm. Thank All you right. Much. We have lots of other stuff here. <laughs> not really <laughs> All
1: right. So I'll okay, let the have questions.
0: With the drama with Aras, Yeah.
1: Hmm. Yes. Right. So do I have to take the help of mindfulness? to choose which Brahmavihara vihara meditation to choose according to the situation i guess so asking do you need mindfulness to mm. choose which Brahmavihara vihara meditation to use
0: yes yes so that that would actually that would actually help yes but um quite often it it, it can also happen quite naturally if you are just kind of meditating away or if uh, you're practicing with these kind of things in your day-to-day life, then it's something which you can bring up as we have done now here at the beginning uh, at the beginning of your meditation. So say we are, well, we were talking about mudita, about rejoicing um, in uh, the happiness of other beings, in the success of other beings, in their virtue, in being inspired by um, their behavior or body speech. And mind or um, yeah well the behavior of the mind or just seeing their their beautiful mind and then you just take that with you into the meditation so even just reflecting on something beautiful uh, that has happened uh, that's quite similar to gratitude but um, if it's something which has happened to someone else and you you're really happy for that person then you can bring that up in the beginning of the meditation but yeah, I, I think I've said this many times before. What we are trying to create is is an environment um for meditation to happen, and then the meditation kind of goes its own own course after a little while. So it's like a springboard. unless you are doing a formal meditation where you're spreading meta around or where you're spreading care and thinking of all the beings that are having a difficult time out there and, and wishing that their suffering might disappear or with mudita thinking of different beings but i don't think it's actually practiced that often uh, formally in mudita meditation that you would go through different people and just have a phrase like i'm happy that you are happy um yeah, try it out, try it out. I, I think the guided meditations are helpful in this way, so you can actually try something new and see if that works for you and then re-listen to a meditation or bring it into your own practice. But uh yeah, it's it's mainly there so we can relax, we can have a feeling of joy, beauty, happiness arise, and that is that is actually what what will drive the meditation, what will deepen the meditation what will uh, um, draw you in the meditation. And then, uh, yeah, then it does its own thing.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Rajan. Um, the next question is as follows. Bhante, mm-hmm. once the Buddha talked about cultivating Bojanga, yes. can you please explain it?
0: Yes, uh, that's a bit of a longer one. So that's the. Uh, the enlightenment factors and there, there, there are seven of those and uh, I guess I don't really have time <laughs> to go through them in detail but um, again that's usually what comes after after sati, after mindfulness um, and also when there is already a bit of stillness and, and again I, I don't want to go into detail but it, it kind of describes the process of purification and of um, reflecting on something which um, inspires you and 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 starts to to bring up energy and starts to bring up joy and starts to bring up rapture starts to bring up um, stillness and uh, then the stillness leads to equanimity which is a, a very very deep balance and contentedness that um, I will be talking about. Uh, in my next talk, whenever that that will be, so it 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 gives you a nice overview of how the path develops. But the important part here, maybe just to say something in brief, is the the first one. So you are reflecting on something, dhamma vigya. You are investigating something. You are pondering on something, and that will help you to to bring up joy energy and inspiration and that will lead to to stillness maybe let's leave it at that
1: all right uh, thank you rajan okay mm. uh yes it's getting a bit late to tackle the whole topic yes um perhaps for another time uh, the last um, question that we have here tonight is, is, is as follows not Related but curious about this. Why does the meta sutta not start like the other sutras? They normally start with at one time uh well so oh, I, heard. I was
0: saying, yes, and yes. so forth. Mm. Um yes. Um so mm, I mean I'm not a sutta expert here. Um but usually all these things that go around they are kind of putting it into context and they often say you know thus have i heard so that means it's it's venable ananda who is reciting the suttas as he's heard them as the attendant of the buddha reciting it at the first council and um now i'm not 100 percent sure but it it says that for the suttas that were recited at that point i would have to have a look again where the Meta sutta is found exactly. But the metta sutta doesn't have, you know, the history around it. It doesn't have the kind of introduction around it so much. It's more the teaching and just the core teaching itself. In other suttas, you often have, um, thus have I heard, then an introduction where it happened and you have a bit of a summary. And then you have at the end kind of, you know, um, and the venerable ones delighted uh, and were were happy about and um, what the Buddha said, and then they sometimes become followers. But uh, the important part, the pith of the teaching of a sutta is usually the part which carries the teachings. And um, it seems to me that the metta-sutta here is just this kind of pithy um, part, the the, the heartwood. Um, yes, but you would have to ask a, a sutta expert there like Ajahn Ramali or Ajahn Suchato and they would definitely be able to give you a more elaborate uh, answer to this question. They could give you a whole talk on
1: it. <laughs> but that's what, so. Wonderful. Thank you, Rajan. Uh, I'd just like to, you are. Sh- can I share the the comment that someone has added? I'm not sure it's in if it's in relation to the topic that brought uh, each person a sense of awe, but I've written, my cat, my pet cat, Sangamitra expresses a lot of Brahma-Viharas towards us. It's really amazing and inspiring for us.
0: Yes, yes, I have I've heard that so many times. And I've also heard that um, pets and animals very often can pick up when we are not so happy. And they will just come and, and hang out with us. Uh, we had this beautiful occasion of uh, a dog who um, realized that the owner of uh, that dog was um was very very sad and very distraught because she lost uh one of her sons who was only 30 years old and uh obviously she was very very shaken by that and the dog would just come and and, and sit with her um he would come when she would cry and just uh, put its head in her lap um, and i've heard of many instances you know i've, I've actually worked as well with disabled people and um, who uh, were working with horses or a brain damaged child that uh, i could accompany to dolphin therapy in turkey many many years ago now so animals seem to have those kind of antennas to feel what's going on and to um reassure us to give us some happiness and joy and to um try and comfort us try to console us cats as well you know sometimes they yeah (laughs) they can just curl up in your lap and like really kind of trust you (laughs) surrender to you yeah no that's nice yeah you can use that for a meta meditation or um for um an all meditation as well thanks for sharing that that's wonderful Okay, let's wrap it up. Mm -hmm. Have a good night. Um, Yes, don't forget to miss, uh, or or no, don't miss, (laughs) don't forget. (laughs) The beauty is out there, and it's waiting to be invited and to be cherished and to made much of in our own hearts. So take care and goodbye.